From Johannesburg to Jerusalem, the world is always changing, growing and innovating. Join Benji Shulman for the next hour as he brings you the trendsetters, the thought leaders and those creating news before it happens. Only on the New Blue Review, your favorite Jewish culture and current affairs show. Every Monday at 9 a.m. right here on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, I'm Benji Shulman. This is the New Blue Review. And on the line we have Daniel Shea, representative potential for Ward 72. And he joins us. How are you doing, Daniel? I'm doing very well on yourself, Benji. I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us on the show for today. This is the first time that you're running as a political representative, a ward councillor in Ward 72. First of all, tell us why you decided to run and also where is Ward 72 for listeners who may not be aware? Firstly, our boundaries of Ward 72 are Linksfield, Fairmount, Sydenham, Glen Hazel, Sandringham, Silvermont and Sunningdale Ridge. I come from a, I've always been interested in politics, but I'm, I'm, my professional background is, is structural engineering. And I've sat in the private sector for the last 10 years and I've just watched and seen how fewer and fewer people are investing in this country and investing in projects in this country. And I, I literally thought to myself, we've got to have better leadership. We've got to get more involved and capable people have to get involved in, in running for, for politics because if capable people aren't willing to stand up and, and put their hands up and say, we're willing to, to change this country, we're not going to see the change we need. So, so that's why I decided to enter politics is literally because I, I cannot bear to see this country going on the trajectory it's going on anymore. And I want to get involved and make it better. So that's what you're wanting to do and uh, how you're intending to do it. You're running for Ward 72. It's a ward that has had a few issues in the last while. I mean, back in the day, you might have thought it was an easy ward to be a ward councillor of the representative of the people in that, that area, but it's been plagued by numerous problems, including water issues, electricity issues, internet connectivity issues, potholes, uh, all sorts of things that have actually been plaguing this particular area. Uh, what is your ideas about how we might go around fixing that? So, so firstly, the, the issues we're experiencing in water need to are not, not specific to the area. It's the result of, of 25 years of neglect. Um, from from the ANC and a lack of maintenance on on the city's infrastructure. But that said, we we do need to take responsibility for our infrastructure, and we do need to to try and make it better. So my my general approach um, in the way the way that the city works is is that officials hold the budgets to doing everything. You the ward councillors 25 years ago used to have a budget; they don't have it anymore. The official holds the budget. So the key to improving these things is through good working relationships with those officials and convincing them that they need to spend their budgets on you. But also, I want to use my professional background and and look at things like our water infrastructure like our roads and say we're getting this recurring issue in this area we need to do something about it to save the city money so you can keep having pipes bursting you can keep having potholes developing the same area unless you do something to fix it it's going to keep costing the, the city more money so i want to use the data that we've collected um, um in the ward over the last five years and be able to say listen I've, I've seen it from a professional point of view. I've seen it from a, a counselor point of view. And you guys literally have to do something with this pipe. You have to replace it. You have to upgrade it. Or you're going to just spend millions of rands on drinkable water running down the road. That's my approach. Is Good relationships and data is going to be the way we're going to solve the problems in this ward. 
Now, you are running with the DA uh, amongst uh, different parties. The DA did have uh, control of the city for a little while after the previous government elections in, in 2016. Uh, are you looking to take the city again? or Are you looking to do it outright? Are there likely to be coalition? What's your view on the party as a whole prospects for the city race? So 100% we want to, we want to win the city outright. Um, it's, it's first prize for a political party. You can implement your agenda, your manifesto. You don't have to compromise on, on those things. If we, we don't get an outright majority, um, we'll, we'll be happy to work in the coalition. Um, but this time we're not going to be held to ransom by the EFF. We're not going to join the EFF in the coalition and, and for sure not the ANC. So we have to, without those two parties, we have to get a, a majority of opposition parties together to, to form a coalition. But at the moment, the, the aim is definitely to be the outright majority, to be the biggest party. That, that is our aim. And if we can get that, we can move the city a, a lot further forward than we did in the, the couple of years we ran it under a very broad coalition. Now, you spoke a little bit about your agenda for the area, things like roads and that sort of thing. Is there a more DA-wide, city-wide approach that that your team is looking should you be elected come November 1st? So the DA has, a, I mean, it's a very detailed manifesto, but they do. They, they're one of the first priorities in the manifesto is get the basics right. So get your water, get your electricity, um, get your public spaces right. Um, and then they've got a, another separate item actually is, is building world-class road infrastructure and public transport infrastructure. So definitely within the DA manifesto, those are priority items and they, they want to go. Uh, my promises are coming from a ward council perspective in working with officials. The DA promises are coming from an executive um, position, running the city and being able to, to influence from that position, particular position. So they do work together. Um, the approaches are slightly different, but they are talking to the same thing. After the last elections that were the national elections in 2019, the DA seems to have had some some PR issues, people resigning, different parts of the party not get, be, getting on. Is, is that still an issue that you think is going to affect the party both in performance or in, in, in its electoral fortunes as it as it runs towards this particular election? So I think what happened post-2019 is the DA um, decided to actually seek clarity in what it stands for. I think we were, we were aiming to be an extremely broad church um, of politics in the, running up to 2019, and we realized that we've got to actually – have markers on the ground and say, this is what we stand for and this is who we, who we are and, and not try and make everyone happy through it, but present our views in the way that people understand. Um, and so we did lose a few people who are probably a little bit on the left hand side of, of the, the spectrum. Um, but I think we've, we've now reached the point where we, we're comfortable. We've got the team that we're happy with and those that would have left have left and we're going to continue growing from this point. In terms of the particular award that you're running for and sort of the history of the party uh, in general, I mean, it's a, a very Jewish-dominated ward, although not obviously ex, uh, ex, ex, by itself. It's not only a Jewish ward. There's lots of other kinds of people who live there, and Jews have maybe traditionally been uh, supporters of the party. Is it still an important issue for the party? Is it something that people – are there still Jewish representatives and, and a Jewish voice inside the party? There, there definitely are still Jewish voices inside the party and representatives. I mean, just the hand, you've got Jack Bloom, you've got Darren Bergman, you've got on Joburg currently sitting is, is Josh Apple. Um, he is, he is running on the PR list. 
Um, I can go on. There's, there's many, many people. Even the current world council is Jewish. I myself a Jewish. In the neighboring world, we've got a Jewish candidate. Jews are still very much involved in the DA. We still have voices in the DA. So, so yeah, I think it's important as a community we, we stay involved in politics for ourselves and and being able to align our agenda with the greater South African agenda. But within the DA, there is a Jewish voice and it is being heard. Now, connected with that, uh, which unusually I wouldn't ask a question like this for a local government election, but it seems that the issue of Israel has actually come up in in Johannesburg city politics. If you go on the, the highways, you'll see uh, ANC posters talking about uh, the, the Palestinians, and it's actually sponsored by the local ANC kind of representatives of Johannesburg. Uh, there was an attempt at some point to rename Santon Drive Leila Kaled Drive. Uh, there, there's numerous examples, actually, where at a city level there seems to have been the 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 attempt to insert the Israeli-Palestinian debate into local government politics. Uh, and in fact, your mayoral candidate, as I've seen, uh, Umfa Palazzi, is well known to, to the station, the community, because uh, she was briefly suspended by Herman Mashaba for comments that she made about uh, Johannesburg being a friend of Israel. I mean, does the DA have a particular viewpoint on this or, or on, on how the ANC is perhaps bringing this, or the EFF is bringing this into local government politics? In terms of the DA's view on, on Israel and local governance, it wouldn't really affect our local governance. But with regards to ANC, I think it's fairly obvious that they, they're desperate for funds at the moment and they're going to take money from whoever's willing to give it to them. Whoever's sponsoring these posters is obviously donating to the ANC and they, they're going to have to just pay the price for it. And we know the ANC's views on Israel. But yeah, the DA, it wouldn't, I mean, we wouldn't go to the extent of, of causing any controversies about it, renaming streets or that, that type, but definitely we don't, we don't see any advantage to campaigning on the Israel front or the Palestinian front in a local government election. And the ANC, I think they're just, they're doing it. I don't see how it benefits them, literally. Um, I think it's literally a case of money has to come from somewhere, so you you make a, a noise about it. Talking about the issue of money, there's been a change recently in uh, how candidates uh, are being funded, how political parties are being funded legally. Has this been a challenge during the campaign? Uh, as well as some of these other challenges that we're seeing around the short time before when we knew elections were coming and impacts on on how people are able to have rallies, for example, has that been has that been challenging for the party in the run up to this election? Probably, probably speaking out term, but in terms of of funding, I, I think every party is probably struggling a little bit more than usual to to get funding because donors, it's a well known fact, donors used to donate across the board to multiple parties. And now that they have to put it on, on public, um, or in public, they, they're not going to be willing to donate to three or four parties and have their names out there that are supporting the whole lot. So I think parties are working on restricted budgets. Um, that said, the DA has still done very well in its fundraising, fundraising efforts. Um, and, and it's, and you saw in the report, I don't know if everyone's seen the report, but the DA did raise the most funds of any political party in South Africa, um, at least legally and up on, or on public, um, databases. But yeah, the, in terms of rallies and, and the like, the DA has transformed very well into running a digital campaign. Um, we had a digital conference where we elected new leadership. Uh, we've had digital rallies. Of all the parties in terms of the COVID changes, the DA has definitely adapted the best. The rest of the parties are still relying on, on massive public gatherings um, and super spreader events. And we, we, we've chosen to go virtual and it's worked for us. 
Now, talking about going virtual and campaigning, I mean, is there a way that people can can follow you or, or other DA candidates if they want more information, get the manifesto, that sort of thing? So, yes. So um, the manifesto is available on the, the DA website. But um, on Facebook, you can follow Daniel Shea Politician on Facebook. Um, and there's um, Paul Pilati for Mayor on Facebook. You can also follow that. It's got all, all her information um, running into elections. And yeah, you can, I'm also available on WhatsApp if people want to ask me questions or you can phone me. My number is 069-470-2054. Um, I'll repeat that, 069-470-2054. People can call me and I'm willing to, to talk and answer any questions and, and WhatsApp as well. And also on Facebook, I'm available. I am going to also have residence meetings on Zoom. Um, so keep an eye out on my Facebook page for your area. Um, I'm doing a suburb by suburb. But that's how, how we're going to communicate. Okay, well, there you go. Daniel Shai, he is representative for Ward 72. Uh, talking to us today from the DA. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us on the New Blue Review and good luck with the rest of the campaign. Thank you so much, Benji. Have an awesome one. Great. Thank you so much, Daniel Shea there. He is from Ward 70. Go check him out on Facebook and do keep listening as we go in the next few weeks as we speak to different people who are running from different political parties for the wards in and around uh, the area of the radio station so that you can keep yourself informed for the upcoming elections.